Thanks for listening to this message brought to you by Cornerstone Christian Church. For these and other great resources, please visit us at sparkswillfly.cc. Right there, Joshua chapter 10, you there? I just really want to go right back where we were on Wednesday night. We talked about really, uh, we talked about the strongholds, um, pulling down thoughts and strongholds on Wednesday night. was really good. We talked about our thought life. And um, I just really want to go back in that vein. This text has been on me probably for about three weeks. And um, I I was not here last weekend. Catherine and I was celebrating our 17th uh, wedding anniversary. And so it's my birthday last week, and the Lord's blessed me to be with this woman for 17 years. Uh, I can't say enough good about her. Would you give her a great God bless you? She's a real strength of our home, and that's not tongue in cheek. She's always run after God, if not harder than I have. When I told her we were moving, she was willing to load up in a U-Haul, and I thank God for that. I believe if I went home and told her today that we're moving to Kansas, she would be in a U-Haul. And uh, she trusts my ability to hear the Lord, and she's always went for God, and I appreciate that. I've never had to go to a service and wonder if Catherine's going to give it 100%. She's going to give it 110% in every service we've been in. Not only that, in our home. And um, she's given me three beautiful boys. I love you. And um, thank God for her. Amen. We are, just want to set this up. I really feel the Lord in this house. You got to press in to feel it. But I'm telling you, God's in here. And God wants to touch us this morning. And um, I believe the Lord wants to do a work in here this morning. Wants to set us free. There's a spirit of heaviness in this room this morning that God wants to break. He wants to break it over our lives. Some of you, your feet's like in concrete. I sense it in the realm of the spirit, and God wants to shatter that. You with me? How many knows that God don't want us to walk in heaviness? Heaviness is not the spirit of God. Spirit of God is joyful. Peace and righteousness in the Holy Ghost. Joshua chapter 10. If you've read Jensen Franklin's book, Fear Fighters, I've read it several times. He mentions this story in here. So it's not like that I dug this out in my own prayer room, but I did feel the quickening of the Spirit of God three weeks. It's been on me. And we are in a season where we're talking about possessing the things of God, walking in things we've never walked in, believing God that this is the breakout year, believing that just God's going to do everything he said he was going to do. We believe we're in a season of seeing God fulfill words that have not been fulfilled in a long time. Do you believe that? How many knows that the word of the Lord is just as fresh on the heart of God today as when it was released? I don't care if it was 25 years ago. The Bible says for one day is the Lord is a thousand years and a thousand years is one day unto the Lord. So just think a thousand years has just been one day with him. You with me? And so I want to talk about really... I want to preach on defeating the five kings this morning. If you're going to possess your land, you're going to have to learn how to get the five kings under your feet. You with me? You going to stay with me? You're going to have to learn how to get the five kings underneath your feet. So let's look at this in in, in, uh, Joshua, the 10th chapter. I'm going to read verse 24. 
you know the story Joshua took Jericho he had took Ai he had took these cities and though and he was go, he was possessing the promised land if you will and as these other cities these other kings joined together to form five kings to withstand Joshua from taking the full possession of the promised land and these five kings showed up and they were to prevent Joshua from moving into the full promise of God, okay? So we're just going to jump right in the middle of this story in verse 24. And it says, So it was when they brought out those kings to Joshua that Joshua said to the captains of the men of war who went with him, Come near, put your feet on the necks of these kings. And they drew near and put their feet on their necks. Look at this. Then Joshua said to them, Do not be afraid nor be dismayed. Be strong and of good courage. For thus the Lord will do to all of your enemies against whom you fight. Let's read it again. So it was when they brought out those kings, the five kings to Joshua, that Joshua called for all the men of Israel and said to the, to the captains of, these, of the men of war who went with him, Come near, put your feet on the necks of these kings and they drew near and put their feet on their necks then Joshua said to them do not be afraid nor be dismayed that word uh, dismayed means to be torn apart or to fall apart how many knows the enemy wants you to fall apart this morning Come on now. He wants you to fall short of the promise of God. Come on now. He wants us to cave in with fear, discouragement. Now, I feel it in this room this morning. Jess told me earlier in the week, or at the end of last week, he said, I seen the strong arm of discouragement that took come in and try to get the people. He said, be of good courage. Don't be afraid nor dismayed. Don't fall apart. Let me tell you, the five kings want you to fall apart. What's the five kings? Your five senses. The natural man. Come on, somebody. Your natural senses are good, but sometimes they get you in a lot of trouble. You can get real depressed, real discouraged just by listening to your five senses. So what did Joshua command? He said, bring the five kings out, put your foot on the neck. Have courage, don't be afraid, and don't fall apart. Keep your foot on the neck. Be of good courage. Don't be afraid. Keep your foot on their neck and don't fall apart. Look at your neighbor and say, don't fall apart. Don't fall apart because you're going to get there. Now, I want to travel through these and I'm very aware that it's Mother's Day. You're going to eat with mom. and um, So, uh, Catherine's cooked us a meal. No, I'm cutting up. We're going to take her somewhere to eat. Amen. <laughs> and uh, someone asked me and said that... Um, this morning said, did you get up and cook Catherine breakfast? I said, no, we didn't do that. But I said, I cook for her every day. And so, um, and I do do that most of the time. If, uh, if I don't physically cook it, we go buy it, don't we, love? So, uh, go right here to Daniel um, chapter 3. If you'll help me this morning, it's going to go really good, okay? I promise you. I am a Pentecostal preacher, so I like, I'm, you're not going to make my pacemaker go off if you holler, okay? Aren't you ready? Daniel chapter 3. So we're going to get into the first one. Smell, right here. Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury, and the expression of his face changed towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And he spoke, and he commanded that the heat of the furnace be seven times more than it was usually heated. 
And he commanded the centurion, he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats and their trousers and their turbans and the other gar- and their other garments and were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace therefore because the king's command was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach Meshach and Abednego And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose in haste and spoke, saying saying to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? And they answered and said to the king, True, O king. Look, he answered, I see men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Now listen. Right here, let's keep reading. Then Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spoke, saying, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came from the midst of the fire. And, and the administrators, governors, and kings, and counselors gathered together. And when they saw these men on whose bodies the fire had no power, Look at this church. The hair of their head was not singed, nor were their garments affected, and the smell of the fire was not on them. I want to talk to you this morning. Listen to me. Sometimes we have to go through things that we don't understand. Come on now. I can't explain everything and what you've got to learn, listen, is that there is something called mystery to God. There's things that you can't explain. Come on now. There's questions that God will not answer. There's things that we go through that I don't understand. How many know good people have to go through bad things sometimes? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were, were faced. Remember, he said, bow down and worship me or, or, or either be thrown into the fire. They said, let it be known to you. We will take the fire, but we shall never bow down to a false god. And they said, let it be known that our God is more than able to deliver us from the fire. Ain't you glad we serve a God who is able to deliver us from any situation? Are you with me now? Sometimes you and I instead of God taking us uh, uh, letting us escape the fire he, he, he brings us through the other side of the fire but here's my only deal listen it's a win win situation you and I are overcomers why because Jesus overcame and he is on the inside of you and if Jesus is on the inside of you listen friend greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world and the fact that you are facing the situation gives you full assurance that God has fully made you capable of overcoming what's against you now listen here's the deal so they go into the fire you know the story the Bible says that they look like one which was the son of God Jesus walking in the fire now they're loosed they come out of the situation and Nebuchadnezzar says that the smell of smoke is not even upon their clothes listen to me you know what's wrong with a lot of Christians is they went through something in life and they still got the smell of that situation on their life just cause you went through a divorce baby that don't mean it's over with for you just cause you went bankrupt a few years ago that don't mean it's over with with you you don't have to walk around smelling like the past because something happened to you there's I can't get no help in here this morning. 
My God, I'm going to have to go somewhere else and start preaching to get some help. Listen to me. Just because I went through it, it doesn't mean that's who I am. It was just part of my story, friend. It was just a turn in the road. It was just a high place that God made level. It was just a crooked way that God made straight. Listen, what you have to watch when you go through things is your attitude. Your attitude will determine your altitude. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost right here. Ain't nothing about being around somebody that went through something and they're still talking about it like it happened yesterday. I come to tell somebody, get over it, baby. Today's a new day. God's mercy is new every day. Let that thing go. Just cause it... We all been done wrong in this place. We all been stabbed in the back, but here's the deal. God forgives, God heals, and it's time we get over it. Got the smell of that thing on you. You know when you smell bad because your attitude stinks. And your attitude will determine your altitude. You say, well, I can't change the way I feel. You can change the way you feel real quick. Imagine this. You down in the dumps. Bad day. Oh Lord, it's horrible. It's real bad. And Ed McMahon pulls up in your yard. Gets out and says, You just won seven thousand dollars a week for life. How many knows your attitude just changed? What happened? What happened? Listen, your attitude is going to determine your altitude. And let me tell you something, the mully grubs does not attract faith and it doesn't attract the presence of God. It attracts flies and demons. Come on, somebody. What you got to do is you got to cut Kenny Chesney off, get CMT out your house. Come on, somebody, and get you some praise music on up in there and begin to praise God. Come on, somebody. Praise and depression and the mully grubs cannot stay at the same place. All right. Go right here. These are real good. Maybe I, I got one of them you're probably going to shout over. Right here. Let's look at this in John chapter 11. I'm still talking about smell. Don't let the smell of your trial stay on you. You got to come through it, friend. You got to come through it. You got to come through it. Don't let the smell of your trial stay on you. Watch your attitude. When it comes to discipline my children, I try to catch it on attitude. Watch your attitude. Look at your neighbor and say, your, your attitude is determining your altitude. Reason why the devil's messing with you because you ain't flying high enough. Come on now. I heard a story of two pilots. Anyhow, there was a rat. They, they realized that there was a rat in the, in the, in the uh, cockpit or whatever with them. And the one pilot said, we got to land the plane because this rat chews through the fuel line. We're going to crash. Or whatever. But the other pilot said, here's the deal. If we climb to this altitude right here, that rat can't stay alive at that altitude. Come on, somebody. It's time we pull the throttle back, listen to me, with our attitude and get to a new altitude and we kill some things that's trying to hold us back. All right, now look at this. Smell. Listen to me. What I'm saying this morning is when God tells us to do something, when God tells us to do something, let me tell you something. Your natural senses will be screaming contrary most of the time of what God is saying. God ain't going to ask you to step out on a great limb of faith when your bank account said it's all-time high. Come on now. How, come on. I, have you ever, as God, and maybe you've been blessed to have a relationship with God like that. Usually he makes me stand on the train track when he's blowing the whistle for the final blow. Huh? 
God's a farmer. We live in a microwave society. We want everything done quickly. Come on, somebody. He's working with a crock pot. He don't have a microwave. You will not find a microwave in heaven. Come on, somebody. He is a farmer. And so he's, he's, he's making us walk by faith and not by sight. So the natural senses are kings that rise up and say, God must care. There, there's no way God can say that. Listen, if what you feel like you're called to do, if you can do it in your own mind, God probably never called you to do it. But if you have no way of accomplishing the task on your own, probably God called you to do it. All right. Now, in John chapter 11, you know this story, verse 38. Look at this. Lazarus is dead. Lazarus is dead. Look at this. Verse 38. Then Jesus again groaning in himself came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Then Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead for days. Look at this now. Then Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? What was she saying, Lord? He's been dead four days. If you pull that tomb, if you lay, if you pull that that stone away from the tomb, the stench is going to overtake you. Jesus had to stay what within Himself. Come on, somebody! Not allowing the King of Smell to rise up. Here's another thing I want to tell you: Your marriage may not smell too good today. Your finances may not smell too good today. But I want to encourage you: This, if you would only believe, you would see the glory of God. There's things in my life that I can look back over 20 years that were stinky situations, but I came to tell you this morning that God is good. He has delivered us from them all. Oh, come on, somebody. And we made it through the other side. One of these days today. Look at this. Genesis chapter 27. Go here. We're going to read the Bible this morning. You good with that? Some of you ain't read it in a few days. So we're going to read it. Genesis 27. It's right after the book of Mark. Come on. Come on. Touch. Let me tell you something. If you live by your feelings, you're going to be a messed up individual. Did you hear what I said? If you live by your feelings, you're going to be a messed up individual. I can tell you this. Eight days I wake up, I don't feel saved, but I know I'm saved. Anybody else in this room? I woke up this morning and told Catherine, I don't feel too preachy, but I'm preaching. Come on. You may wake up in the morning not feel healed. It don't mean you're not healed. Come on, somebody. You going to go on what you're feeling or you going to go on what the Word of God says? Come on. I said, are you going to go on what you're feeling or what you, what you believe the Word of God says? 
And listen, there ain't no doubt that a symptom liable to come back. That symptom's coming back because the enemy wants you to agree with that symptom that what you got wasn't real to start with. How many people do we pray for for healing in the house of God that leave here feeling like there's 80% difference in their body, but when they get outside the walls of the church, come on, that voice starts coming in that vehicle with you and said, well, if God really did it, you'd be totally pain-free. Come on now. And when you come in agreement with what you just felt, you empower the lie of the enemy. Come on, friend. He's the father of lies, but when you when you empower that lie, he will devour. Here's how we answer that. Listen, here, this is the way. When that symptom arises, Father, I thank you right now that by the power of your word, I have been healed right now. I just thank you for all pain leaving out of my body. I thank you, Lord God, that you deliver me. You heal all my disease. You deliver me from all my sickness. Come on, somebody. That's how we walk in faith and we walk in the healing. If you cave into feeling, friend, you're never going to walk in it. In Genesis 27, here's the story. Isaac is blind, but he's going to bless Esau, his oldest son, with the blessing, right? Rebecca overhears that the blessing's fixing to be transferred. She loves Jacob. Jacob was, Jacob was in the house all the time with her, but Esau was an outdoorsman. He was always in the woods. So Rebecca's fixing to help Jacob steal the blessing. She said that because he heard, uh, she heard her father tell Esau to go out in the field because his daddy loved eating wild game. Come on, somebody. He didn't like carters. He liked something out from the woods. And he started, uh, and, and so she overheard him and she went and killed, uh, she went and got some skin and put it on Jacob. Come on, you remember this? She put skin on Jacob and, and prepared uh, something wild for, for Isaac and she snuck Jacob in the room. And here's a story. It gets right here. He begins to feel, he begins to feel the hair on Jacob's arm. And this is what Isaac said. He said, you feel like Jacob. He, he, he said, you feel like Esau. But he said, your voice sounds like Jacob. Listen, I came to tell somebody, you cannot cave in the feeling. You always got to go on the voice, what you hear. Because I can promise you this, a lot of times what you hear is contrary to what you feel. Can, can I get some help up in this room this morning? I said a lot of times what you feel is contrary to what you're going to hear. But if you want to walk in the promise of God, you've got to learn how to go on what you hear instead of what you feel. Listen, what I feel may not be right this morning, but if I keep responding to the voice, my feelings eventually change. How many members on the Polar Express, a lot of people said, well, seeing is believing. No, friend, believing is seeing. If you don't believe it, you're never going to see it. You can't live by your feelings. Your voice, your, you feel like, you feel like Esau. But I tell you what, that voice is the voice of Jacob. And in that moment, he caved into what he felt instead of responding to what he heard. Listen, friend, you cannot doubt in the night season what you hear in the day season with God. And the clearer you hear God's voice is the clearer you're going to have to have it. Listen to me. That's why I, I've, been, I've been around the block enough to know this. Jess was to come up here and prophesy. Steve Batts tomorrow at 3 p.m. This is, listen, that's because you're going to have to know. You're going to have to know that word to that clarity because that's what kind of force is going to be contrary to the word. Are you with me? Don't go on what you feel. Go on what you... 
here. Look, look, look right here at Genesis 37. I want to read this verse of Scripture. You remember in Genesis 37? You remember in Genesis, uh, uh, you remember that Joseph, Joseph has a dream. In the dream that his brothers are going to bow down and serve him. You remember this? Y'all stand with me, tracking right here? Good, we're right on time with this flight right here, okay? Just track with me right here. We're almost done. So you remember he has a dream that his brother's going to bow down to him. His dad's going to bow down to him. His brother, he went and shared his dream with his brothers. His brothers hated him because of his dream. Remember that? And so anyhow, so J Jacob uh, uh, loved Joseph and he built this coat of many colors for him. He built this, this coat of many colors for him. And, he, um, and so he placed it on Joseph. And so one day his brothers was out, they was out in the field or whatever, and they sold, they sold Joseph into slavery. You with me? They sold him into slavery, but they had to go back, so they got to tell their dad some type of story. They got to tell him what happened to Joseph. So what they do is they kill an animal, and they take the blood of that animal, and they put it all over Joseph's coat of many colors. As they put the blood all over the coat of many colors, they take it back, into, uh, back to Jacob. Jacob, I believe it. Uh, let me, let's read this verse of Scripture. So here we are. I'm just trying to set the story up because we're jumping right in the middle of these texts. In Genesis 37, verse 33, it says, And he recognized it and said, It is my son's tunic. A wild beast has devoured him without no doubt. Look, look at this. Without a doubt. That means perfect faith. Look at this. Perfect faith. Without a doubt. Joseph is torn into pieces. Now I want to ask you, was Joseph torn into pieces? No. But because he saw the jacket in the condition it was in, he believed that his son Joseph was dead. How many times do we look at something? A doctor comes in with a doctor report. Come on. You go to have a scan. There's something abnormal. And within three days, you haven't heard back from the doctor, but you believe you're dying with cancer. Come on, say it ain't so in this room. This is how we do. There's a scripture that is in 1 Kings 19. You remember where Elijah, in 1 Kings 18, he, he slayed all the prophets of Baal in, in 1 Kings 18. Remember that? He had the great victory, called fire down from heaven. The scripture says it opens up in 1 Kings 19 that Jezebel looked at, Eli at Elijah and said this same time tomorrow. She sent word and said this same time tomorrow I will do to you as you did to, to the prophets of Baal. The scripture says when he saw that. It's, it literally says it, in the New King James when he saw that he ran from his life. He, I, she was speaking but he was seeing a picture. This is what your mind does. It's... I'm trying to help us in this room this morning. We look dead. Come on, somebody. Listen, that's what your mind does. It, play, it plays tricks on you. It tells you because granny was broke, you going to be broke. Come on, somebody. Because it's been hard this year, things is never going to change. And we start building those mental images up in our mind over and over and over and over. And the more we buy into it, the more defeated we live. Instead of building the images of being overcome, being set free, being healed, being delivered, moving in prosperity. The lady with the issue of blood said that she said within herself, 
She said within herself, she started building a mental picture. I'm telling you right now, when Jesus comes to town, I'd have been to every nurse, I'd have been to every doctor, I'd have been to every city, I'd have been, I'd have, I'd have been flat broke trying to get this disease here. But when he comes to town and I'm able to touch the hem of his garment, my life's changing forever. That's the picture she built in her mind. My God, some of us this morning have got to destroy some photographs in our mind. Tomorrow at this time, what you did to them, I'm going to do to you. That's what she said. The scripture says when he saw that. Where did he see that? He played it out in his mind. He played it out in his mind, Jezebel coming in with six shooters ablaze and taking him out. And he's running for his life. Friend, he just seen lightning fall from heaven and come and come and he set up 12. Come on, somebody. This is Elijah that just seen a miracle. He set up 12 stones, poured water all around it, gave them time to pray. At lunch, he said, hey, you better start hollering now. Maybe your God's dead. Maybe he's asleep. Maybe he's taking a break. And then he jumps up and says, God, come by fire. And God answered him by fire. He just saw a miracle. And the next day, he's running for his life. How many times do you and I experience the power of God in this house on a Sunday and by Wednesday we can't hardly walk? Why? Because we got the wrong middle picture. We start playing the movie. We start playing the movie. Start playing the movie. Here's what we do. Your wife stays at Walmart a little late and in your mind she's running around. Come on, say it ain't so. Huh? <laughs> huh? I'm just trying to break it down in real life. Huh? Crazy thoughts run through all our heads up in this room. Come on, huh? I said crazy thoughts run through all of our heads. I've had thoughts sometimes riding down the road said to my night, it'd be easier to just take that light pole out. They say it ain't so. Anybody ever had that thought? Huh? Huh? Am I the only one? Am I the only crazy person up in this room right here? Come on. Just because I had that thought don't mean it come from God and it didn't come from me. That's the lies of the devil. Come on. That's what Ephesians calls the fiery darts. Come on, somebody. That's what you got to have the shield of faith up. Come on now. You got to have the shield of faith up every day to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one. He's launching an all-out attack. Come on, somebody. We've been under siege. The believer is under siege. If you don't believe it, just turn on Fox News or CNN. You're under siege all day. Cut that off in your house. I know because I'm, Catherine jumped up in the bed. Just cut that mess off right now because I'm ready to fight them all. Anybody with a different view than me? Come on, say it ain't so. If you don't see it, Listen to me, friend. If you don't see it, you're never going to walk in it. you got to change the picture in your mind. This is why Paul said the weapons of our warfare are mighty through God. We're not walking around with six shooters and knives. We're walking around with the Word of God. Praise and worship. Come on, somebody. Prayer. The name of Jesus. Come on. The name of Jesus. I said it's still powerful. Come on, somebody. I said the name of Jesus. Come on. At that name, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. Come on. He is Lord of lords and King of... Hey, something about when I say the name Jesus.
My situation may look like but Jesus. I said it may look like that but Jesus. The doctor may say I might die but Jesus. The banker said you ain't got no more but Jesus. My kids running wild but Jesus. There's power in that name. Our weapons are powerful. What to the pulling down of strongholds. You got to put your. You got to pull that thought down. Listen to me. Listen to me. I know I'm highlighting Jensen today. But he preached a message one time called Beware of the Traveler. And he used a text where Nathan came to rebuke David for sinning with Bathsheba. And in Nathan's rebuke to David, remember he said there was a traveler that came to town. See, the traveler's flowing every day. The traveler's trying to hitch a ride every day. Where's he trying to hitch a ride? In your thought life. Come on, somebody. There's three voices. There's your voice, the enemy's voice, and the Holy Spirit. You got to learn how to tune the other two out, friend. And listen to the voice of God. Let me tell you something. You ain't never going to read the Bible and find that you ain't going to make it. That Have you ever opened the word of God up and felt like you ain't going to make it? No, it says you are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. It says greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Come on, somebody. When you hear that voice that you ain't going to make it, that ain't the Holy Spirit. When you're riding down the road and that voice says, you might as well hit that light pole. Nobody cares about you. That ain't the Holy Spirit. And that ain't your spirit either. That's the devil. All right. If we had some people believe this right here today, we've got to change something. When he saw that. I ain't got but seven more pages of notes. We're going to be out of here by 1.30. Look at this. Look at your neighbor and say it's important what you hear. Now I ain't some legalistic dude saying all you got to do is listen to praise and worship. Now I listen to other music too. When I'm on my boat, I like some Bon Jovi going. Living on a prayer. Boys, when we crank up Jovi, don't they start hitting? Huh? I love 80s rock and roll. The big hair bands. Come on. Anybody else love the 80s? We got some, Anybody love the 50s? <laughs> we got more? Come on. <laughs> we ought to quit with it. But you got to watch what you hear. I said you got to watch what you hear. And I can tell you something. If I'm toting a promise of God... And Sister Negative wants to come around, I'm going to cut her voice off real quick. Hello. If, if the doctor says, I got a terminal disease, don't come in there and say, oh, oh, I feel sorry for Pastor John. Don't you come in there with that mess. You ain't come back to my room. Come on now. You remember Billy that was in the church over there in Baxley? Doctor gave him, what, I think a few months to live with leukemia. He turned Kim Hill's song on, You Still Holy. And he said, don't you allow no one to cross the threshold of my door. Don't believe God's a healer. He said, I don't even want him walking in the hospital. They come in there. They, he didn't allow one person to say, I'm sorry, Mr. Billy. You know why? Because in his mind, he wasn't never dying. Come on, friend. Come on now. And you know what happened? Do you know what happened? After about eight weeks of being in the hospital, they said, we cannot explain what happened to your blood, but it looks like you got a total blood transfusion and leukemia is no longer in your body and that man's still alive today. I said, be careful to what you hear. 
Come on. There ain't nobody coming in my house saying we ain't going to make it. We're going down. I ain't going to have it. That's why if you're depressed, that's why I'm going to get back on the country. Because you're going to lose your dog, your wife, and your house. About every other song. And you, gotta, and you can't sit down and drink a beer and think about it, friend. You got to open the word of God up and find out what it says about your life. Hello. I'm trying to help you. I about want to, boy, I'm. Hearing, look at this. 1 Kings 18. We're back in this chapter right here again. Elijah sees the mighty miracle of God coming down on the mountain. But you got to understand, they're in three and a half years of drought, famine that he caused. Did he not cause it? He said, at the sound of my word, it ain't fixing to rain for three and a half years. So he's the man that caused this severe drought. This drought's bad. People dying. Can you imagine the discouragement that's in the land? People going bankrupt. Drought is everywhere. And after three and a half years in this situation, Elijah tells his servant, I hear the sound. I hear the sound. Look how in tune he was to the presence of God. I hear the sound. Do you think he heard it here or did he hear it here? All he heard here was our, our livestock's dead. We're going to lose everything we got. Johnny's done lost two children due to the drought. That's all he heard. But in here, he heard something else. Be careful to what you hear. And you got to think this. We hear the breakout year. We hear this great prophetic word. Go to Columbus, Ohio. The word gets heralded back over, over us. You know, on that flight back from Columbus to Atlanta, I thought, my God, if we're here right now, buddy, it's, I mean, it's just, just, I mean, get in the hammock. It's over. I mean, it's there. Yet now we're already in May. You blink again, 2018's gone and we're in 2019, friend. Come on. Time's flying. I remember when I was in school looking outside, I'm thinking if I could ever get out of here. Now I'm ready to get back in there. Let daddy have the mortgage in the SUV. Huh? How many remember that? Daddy, can you give me $20? <laughs> Trust me, kids, you got it made. He hears within his spirit. I hear the sound of abundance of rain. He crouches down and gets in a prayer position because now he's fixing to birth what he hears on the inside. Come on, somebody. I want to tell you something. The rain didn't come out of heaven. The rain come out from inside of him. Come on, somebody. Where did the cloud come from? It come out from him. Come on, somewhere, because it was in him. Come on now. He gets down in that position, and he begins to pray. And his servant goes, looks out over the hill, and said, he comes back with the report, and he said, hey, there's something wrong with your hearing, because I don't see nothing. He said, you better go look again. You know what I believe that I believe people was laughing at the servant. 
That man's deceiving you. Man, look look how parched this, this ground is. We ain't seen rain in three and a half years and this man's telling you it's fixing to rain. This man's telling you to gird up the horses and get up because of the sound of abundance. He didn't say no shower. He said an abundance of rain's coming. After seven times of going to look, he looks out there and he sees something the cloud the size of a man's hand. Look at this. And then Elijah said, listen, this is all we need right here. That little hand's fixed to turn into the biggest rainstorm you've ever seen. Listen, what I'm telling you, what you hear on the inside, don't cave in to what your eyes are seeing or what people are saying on the outside. Believe what you're hearing on the inside. People will tell you when Kathy and I got ready to move, we had some people say, well, you don't need to move. I've had people tell me the whole time, you don't have to sing like you do. You don't have to do worship like you do. You can just do three songs. I remember now, I remember that. Everybody, come. why do y'all do worship so long? Why can't y'all just sing three songs? And finally, I just got after every service when we had somebody come in like that, I would walk to the front and I'd say, there's a church that way within a half mile on your left. They're going to sing the three songs you won't go there, friend, because you're not called to be here. I don't come over here to change for you. I came because God sent me here. And what's in me is what God brought me here for. Come on, somebody. He didn't want me to come over here and get something from y'all. He sent me here with a vision. Come on. When Jesus showed up on the scene, he didn't come down there. He brought his kingdom with him. The vision that he had to accomplish was on the inside of it. I'm not caving in, listening to get some numbers. I'm going by what I hear. And what I have found, the blessing is riding on what he is saying. We got too many trying to look and rebuild Bethel. You can't build Bethel here. You can't bring Hamilton here. You can't bring Kansas City here. You got to do what God's saying in this region because what God wants from this ground doesn't exist in the earth. The same thing with you. You don't need another John Bagley, another Jess Ritz, another Staten Moore. We need a Cleve Edwards. We need a Steve Batts. You got to go with what you hear. Think about him coming back. Think about, let's just put him down. Because the scripture says he was a man just like you and I, right? In the book of James says Elijah was a man just like us with like passions. Yet he prayed. That's the big difference. Yet he prayed. So think about it. I hear the sound. Go look. He comes back. I don't hear nothing. He had to, I don't see nothing. He had to drown that voice out and get back in tune. But yet I hear it. Goes back. I don't see nothing. But yet he's holding on. I I, I don't don't see it. I don't see it. I don't see it. I don't see it. And so he's got to get back. Man, this joker's done come back six times and said he don't see it. Listen, he had every opportunity to cave in. Don't be dismayed is what Joshua said. Don't be torn apart or fall apart. Stay encouraged. What's God saying to you this morning? Friend, he's trying to tell you to stay encouraged. Do not get cave into fear. Don't let, your, don't let your mind take you where it's... Do I got the wrong message to the wrong people? Has anybody else had a struggle with your mind? Raise your hand if you struggle with your mind. My God. I have battled fear more in the last 12 months than I have in 20 years of walking with God. If I don't, if it ain't, I'm gonna die with cancer. It's, it's the kids are gonna go crazy. Listen, it's all kind of something. Are you gonna go broke? Come on, it's a new scenario every day. 
And it's a lie every day. Come on, friend. It's an absolute lie. Nobody in this room is going broke and nobody in this room dying. Hello. Let me say it again as a shepherd in this house. I said nobody's going broke and nobody's dying in this room. We're going to hold the presence and the promise of God in Jesus' name. That's an absolute lie. But he'll paint the picture up. He paints the picture up. Protect what you hear. John 12, 28. Voice of heaven come down saying, This is my beloved son. Scripture says some heard it thunder. Other thought there was a bunch of racket. And some heard the voice of God. What are you saying, preacher? You got to drown the racket and you got to drown other voices. Let me just break it down real. If you got marriage issues and you're going to talk to somebody and they're telling you to get a divorce, you better change out who you're talking to. Hello! Now let's get the other side. If you're struggling with an issue, and you going with somebody and they coaxing you on your issue, you better get somebody else. This is what you need. Somebody in your face saying, listen, you better get delivered in Jesus' name. I'm here committed to you. If you came in at 3 o'clock, you call me in the morning. I'll get up, pray with you, go to you, go lay hands on you. But I'm telling you, you're more than a conqueror. That's who you need in that situation. Hello? Am I in the room? What we like? Oh, it's okay. You okay? You ain't never gonna walk into victory like that, are you, Clay? Everybody want to change their finances till somebody till they had to go to and somebody asked them lay your checkbook here on the counter. Then we don't want no financial blessing no more. Come on, it's hard sometimes. It ain't easy to walk into promise. If it was easy, everybody be walking in it, friend. Come on, somebody. If it was easy, everybody would be walking. There's, there's, there's plenty of people in the Bible that didn't walk in it. Come on. How many of those had graves in the wilderness? Hello. Some, there was only two, Joshua and Caleb, that heard the original promise and walked in it. Why? Wow, they was the only two when the others come back and said, oh, they grasshoppers. We like grasshoppers in this side. They giants in that land. Joshua and Caleb come back and said, listen, the same God that opened the water and made water come from the rock, the same God that split that sea, he's with us. He was a cloud by day and a fire by night. And if he's with us, my God, he can take out the giants. We're in a season. You take the horse races. He got a blinder. Why? Because he ain't looking to the left or to the right. He looking at the prize, friend. Come on, somebody. He ain't looking what the horse over here is doing. He ain't looking what the horse over here is doing. He's maintaining his lane. Why? Because he's got one thing in mind, victory. Some of us have got to get some blinders on, friend. I'm trying to help us. It's in a season when you're trying to break through, you got to shut the racket out. Cut the racket and the clutter down. Get focused back on what God's saying. And when you know what I do when I don't hear what God's saying, I go back to what He has said. I'm, I'm giving. I'm telling. You, this is good right here. I'm, these people that. I mean, I'm not saying I don't hear from God every day, but God ain't giving me specific instructions every day. I wish you would. 
I have dreams every night. I dreamed last night we was building tiki huts on the water. So that's why I'm so white this morning. I told Kevin, I said, you know those commercials where they got these little resorts out there over the water? That's what I was doing all night. I built a resort all night. <laughs> but it was black pond water we was building over, so I don't know who's going to come. <laughs> you know what it says, you ever seen a waiter walk on water? Mommy, you ever seen a butler walk down the creek bank to bring you to your hut? <laughs> oh, Lord, help us here. We got to finish right here. All right. Watch what you hear. Let's finish up right here in 2 Kings chapter 4. Second Kings chapter 4. And Elijah returned to Gilgal. And there was a famine in the land. Now the sons of the prophets. I'm in 2 Kings 4 verse 38. <clears throat> now the sons of the prophets. Were sitting before him. And he said to his servant. Put on a large pot and boil stew for the sons of the prophets. No one went out into the field to gather herbs. So, so, so one went out into the field to gather herbs. Pray for the contacts. And found a wild vine gathered from it a lap full of wild gourds. And came and sliced them into the pot of stew. And they did not know what they were. Then they served it to the men to eat. Now it happened as they were eating the stew. They cried out and said, man of God, there's death in the pot. And they could not eat it. So he said, then bring some flour. King James, I think, renders that meal. And he put it into the pot and said, serve it to the people that they may eat. And there was nothing harmful in the pot. So you know the story. We just read it. They cook in a pot of stew. They realize when they get it to taste of it that there's death in that pot. They cry out to the man of God and says, there's death in this pot. We cannot eat it. Throw it away. He, tell, he calls them and says, bring me some meal. This meal and flour is going to represent the word of God. Throw that into the pot. What are you saying, preacher? Throw you some meal in your marriage. Throw you some meal in your finances. Throw you some meal in your household. And you watch where death has come in. You watch it be put to a stop, friend. Come on, somebody. My God, this is good, friend. This is good. All we need is a little meal. Come on, somebody. You remember when the centurion servant was dead. He said, just give me one word. All I need is one ounce of meal to come to my house and my situation is going to be turned around. Nobody in here that's been married for 50 years has made it without adding a whole lot of meal into their marriage. Come on, somebody. There's been times that there was death in the pot. Can I get a witness in this room? But instead of throwing it out, get you some meal. Your finances just need a little meal. 
little meal. I, can't, I just can't never seem to make it. Get you a little meal. People get mad when we talk about, but Jesus talked, but get mad with Jesus because he talked more about money than he did any other subject in the Bible. Come on. And that is the training ground for how we handle other things, the way you handle life, how you handle your money. Because your money represents your life. It's what I went out and earned with my life. Come on, somebody. And I bought God a pretty nice life offering this morning. Come on. What we need, it doesn't taste good. Steve, my life just doesn't taste good right now. What you need is a little meal. If you will keep adding the meal, I promise you, where there has been death, there will be life. Can I get a witness in this room? I said, where there's been death, there's going to be life. Friend, our job this morning, listen, if you don't hear me say nothing, what, what is God saying? God's saying this Sunday morning on Mother's Day, don't be dismayed. Do not fall apart. We're on the finish line. I didn't say we're approaching no finish line. I said we're standing on the finish line. I said we're standing on it. You watch when Amanda and Fias come here. There's going to be jaw-dropping miracles that's going to hit this city. Listen, how this church is going to fill up is not because of good worship and not because of good advertisement and it sure ain't going to be on good preaching. We, the reason why people is going to come to this house is because the power of God is going to be on display and there will be healing and deliverance in this house and that is what people are hungry for. We don't need no more good preaching. Friend, we got enough good preaching. We need the power of God on display. And when people find out, listen, that's got death in the pot, that they can go to a place and get a little meal and get that death out of that pot, you better believe they're coming for it. There was a young man that was incarcerated that was watching this service this morning on the telephone. I pray to God he gets everything he needs. Come on, somebody. Let him know, listen. Let him know like the Apostle Paul said. Listen, the Apostle Paul might have been chained on the outside, but friend, let me tell you something. It's, more, it's, it's a whole lot worse to be chained on the inside than it is to be chained on the outside. Because if you're chained on the inside, you could never be free. But listen, if you get unleashed on the inside, it's only a matter of time on the outside that the chains will come off. You with me? Don't fall apart. Get your thoughts together. When that thought comes in, come on. I don't care if you fall 85 times. If you've been to a church that says that God, listen, God, I heard the preacher say, God is a God of a second chance. He's a God of 4,000 chances if you need it. Can I get a witness in this room? The Bible says the righteous may fall seven times when he get up. The only way you defeat it if you stay down, friend. If you get up, there's victory. I said if you get up, there's victory. The only way you lose is if you stay down. You gotta just get up. I gotta help somebody right here. Just hold up. I gotta help somebody right here. Listen to me. You remember when Nebuchadnezzar fell? The scripture says he, his, his hair grew out like feathers. Fingernails was like the beast's claws and all. He's out there eating grass in the field. Right? How many knows that? For his pride, God struck him down. Remember that? I mean, his, his fingernails is like talons. Like a wild beast out there. 
Notice this wild beast that God, God let this happen to. The scripture says he, he didn't say nothing. says he lifted his eyes towards heaven. And then he was returned back into his right mind. That devil that tells you, you've blown it. Listen to me. I've heard that voice. Listen. Hey, you've blown it. Listen. You, you ain't never going to be free. You've blown it. That's an absolute lie. I came to tell so you ain't blown it. He's a God of 4,000 chances. His mercy's new every day, friend. All you got to do is get up. Just get up. I came to tell somebody, just get up. Just get back on the horse. And you know what's amazing with God? I've watched people take a 10-year trip. Get right back in it, and it's like God called them right back up. It's like they never even missed a step. It's like they jumped off the train right here, and then God just said, back right up to the you know the reason why you know the reason why I'm still preaching because I got up. You know the reason why Dusty's still in the house of God because he got up. You know the reason why Dennis is still here? Because he got up. You know the reason why Stanton's able to preach today? Because he got up. You know the reason why we ain't here this morning worshiping like wild men? Because we got up, friend. We just got up. Stand up with me right here. I got to pray with you. I could preach to a three. I just feel like there's a grace in this room. Right now, listen to me. Listen to me. The Bible says in Ephesians 6, it talks about the armor of God. Look at me right here. I heard Bill Johnson teach on this one time. You know, there is, there is the shield of faith, which is supposed to quench all the fiery darts. But sometimes in the heat of battle, sometimes in the heat of battle, those darts would penetrate or ricochet off the shield and they would get like shrapnel into the soldier. And I feel like there's, there's some of you in this room this morning and what you're doing is you're walking and you have shrapnel on the inside of you. But listen to this. But he told, he said, but take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, right? The sword that that soldier toted wasn't some long sword to reach out there. It was almost like, how many remember the Ninja Turtles? Man, ain't no Ninja Turtle fans up in here. Come on if you ain't afraid of it. You remember the Ninja Turtle that wore the red was Raphael, right? And he toted the daggers, which was a sword about this long, about 18 inches, right here. And what it was for close hand-to-hand -hand combat. But the, but the soldier would also take the sword and he would stick it into his own flesh and remove the shrapnel that had been in him. I feel like this morning this word is just a word just like that. That it's removing some shrapnel off of some of you. See, some of you started out running hard, but you failed. Come on, let's just be honest in here. And see, I remember growing up in church, this is what we would say in the old Pentecostal church when somebody slipped up. Well, they didn't get it to start with. That's a bunch of ignorant dummies. Come on, somebody. I'm sorry, I ain't got time to be playing no more. Listen, you could have gotten a real thing. Come on right here. And let me say this. That's the very thing that the enemy wants you to believe, that you didn't get the real thing. I'm talking to you now. The enemy wants you to believe because you messed up. You didn't get the real thing. But I come to give you the real news and the real truth. And the real truth is you did get the real thing. 
and the real thing will grow on the inside of you if you allow it. And the real thing will eat up every other thing in your life if you will tend to it. You believe what I'm saying? So this morning we got a word that's really just digging the shrapnel. Well, you've been caving in last week, been heavy. This week it's not going to happen. Why? Because you got some arsenal in your bag. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm armed and dangerous. I dare a witch jump on me at Piggly Wiggly. I'm telling you right now. Y'all sit in the paper. Huh? You armed and dangerous. You powerful. Hell cringes when you get out of bed. Did you hear what I said? I said hell cringes when you get out of bed. That's who you are. Now he said take the helmet of the helmet. Which 1 Thessalonians 5.18, I believe it is there. Forgive me if it's wrong. It's in the book of Thessalonians. It says the helmet, talking about the helmet of salvation, which is the hope of our salvation. Knowing that we are cleansed and saved. You with me? This protects the mind right here. Father, I thank you for clothing us right now in this room with a fresh suit of the armor of heaven right now in this room. I dispel every lie from your people right now. I break it right now by the power of your presence in this room. And Father, I decree and declare in this people that they are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. I declare them to walk in total victory right now in this room. I declare that whom the Son set free is freed indeed in the mighty name of Jesus. And I thank you that they are a blessed people, that they are a prosperous people. I declare that you are a blessed people and you are a prosperous people. You're blessed in the city. You're blessed in the field. Your whole family is blessed. Your children's 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 children are blessed and will walk in the ways of God. I declare that over you in the name of Jesus. You have divine health on the inside of you right now in the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus in this room. Father, we thank you that the devil is defeated right now in the mighty name of Jesus and we thank you for clarity we thank you for the racket being drowned out right now I thank you for the racket being drowned out right now by the voice of God in the mighty name of Jesus I bless your people this morning in Jesus mighty name you give God a big hand clap of praise in this place come on praise him like it's so God bless you all we'll see you here Wednesday night thanks for listening to this message For more exciting content, visit our website at sparkswillfly.cc and connect with us on social media.